You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yes, right before your your main event uh, title match, we're gonna beat you on the raw beforehand. That's how we're gonna treat your internship here, Patch. Yeah. Want to hit him? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Five, four. No, three, I no, thought that was a good start. Was a good start. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just as we're still going. That's fine by me. That's fine by you. Um, and there might be an Amazon delivery. At a certain point, too. Just well, I hope so, because yeah. our tech overlords deserve to come see this, because we are live. We're live. To tape on <laughs> Control Your Narrative Weekly. Welcome to another day in hell. I am the essential character, flanked by my cohort, the narrator. Yeah, so, hello. I'm here to help control narratives. Oh, my God. He's a comedian, too. A laugh riot we have here. We just like to have fun and justify whose phone is going off. Phones are, it's okay. Is it it's yours? A, no, I'm, no, it's the, it's the shop phone. Oh, we're, we don't answer. Yeah, that. it's probably a scam likely. Oh. That scam likely likes to call me three times a day or so. Well, we'll let it run. And first, you know what bothers me? Is this already the rant? Yeah. Should it be? Yeah, let's go right into the rant. That we because this was not the planned and intended rant, but mm. the fact that happened reminds me of the fact, well, like people in real life have their sounds on as they're going about their day. Like the tech sound or the, you know, the ringtone or the absolute most horrific sound. I'm talking nails on a chalkboard, screeching, ear bleeding, bloody, worst sound of all time is the keyboard on an iPhone where someone's tapping a text. Oh, yeah. And it's just, turn that shit off! Yeah, why does everybody around you need to hear you, you know, Type. No, LOL. I like you too. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and I used to uh, share a domicile with a certain person that's been featured in the narrative, who's I've controlled, Um, and I'm in like two text groups with them. But his sound is always on, and it's always loud, and it's a droid. So I hear the same sound every time I would send a text to this group. I hear like, and it's just like. Turn. So you're in the other room texting the same group as yeah, your roommate. Yeah, but then I just hear it going off, and then it's like going off for a million other things. Uh, and then he's watching videos on Instagram that's all tongue out, possibly uh, <laughs> looking at, and just loud. And it's just noise, and it's just shit videos, just mindless, dumb, distracting. Not even entertainment, because entertainment actually entertains. Just nonsense. <laughs> filtering his brain, blue light poisoning him, melting his mind, just completely worthless life, and just turn your shit on silent. Turn it on silent. Here's the other thing I'll rant about real fast. The motherfuckers, these fucking nitwits, these dipshit C-bag D-S-I- I don't want to get canceled. Assholes who go to the gym without headphones, but listen to their music on their phone. And this is why I avoid Globo gyms and all corporate gyms as much as possible in LA Fitness, uh, Crunch, uh, 24 Hour Fitness, 
uh, EOS, etc. I find local cool gyms, or I, you know, go to the dump and train like a real madman. But like these people just li- listening to their music, it's on the leg press. You already got the obnoxious bullshit standard top forty playing, which is awful enough, but at a level that it doesn't. Like distract you too much. Like you've accepted yeah. that this is stationary. At department music. store level. Yes. yes, it's not brutally loud, but then it's contradicted by this asshat, stupid, dumb shit playing. And anytime, anytime I hear that, I go, "Hey, have you heard of headphones?" And they're like, "Huh?" People are not used to confrontation. Or I go, <laughs> "That song sucks. Change it." And they go, "Huh?" And I'm like, "Please turn that shit off." And they go, "Huh?" And you know, I would, and I do, wear headphones. Like I have a nice pair of quiet comfort Boses that go over the head, or the little ear and buzz. But now I'm reading, because imagine this, these Bluetooth headphones uh, infiltrate your brain and make you nuts, crazy, or melting your mind again. So it's just more stimulation, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, pounding in your brain, and AirPods apparently, totally unhealthy. So, having said that, our unpaid advertiser is Apple. <laughs> unpaid advertisement for Apple. Get your earbuds. Be a psycho boy. You know? No. I think the, the thing about earbuds that cracked me up is that, like, they're, they're blatant obvious, but, like, it's so, like, like everybody's just like... I, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're listening. You got, I yeah, see yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to oh, Bruce Pritchard. I get it. Like... <laughs> Or do you randomly encounter civilians on the street listening to Bruce Pritchard's podcast? All the time, man. I doubt that. I d- yeah, well, it's because I'm hanging out at, at wrestling shows. Oh, no, well, I'm not. I mean, that's, 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 that's a total lie. I but, I'd yeah. I'd well, sentence in hell. You know what the other rants of the week were possibly? First, I was going to tackle the YouTube dislike feature being taken away. Second, I was going to tackle the old man crop dusting me. But since I've already ranted, I'll save those for later. Um Let's just go right into your homework, because your homework was to take a vacation, and the narrator yeah. did. I did, for once. How was it? It was really good. Uh, Tell me about it. Took a little trip down to uh, the Bahamas, went on the little Royal Caribbean. No, let, let, let me back this up. So since Adam Shearer got uh, released from WWE, we haven't stopped here. It's been nonstop between the printing press and narratives and you know, like you know trying to get it get everything done in a timely fashion. Yeah, I and, died and, twice. Yeah, you you died. Um, it was it was like twice. you know I'm I'm very very fortunate and very happy with the and blessed with the opportunities I have to help control narratives to help free um, talents and and you know do cycle analyzing them and all and all that. Well, um, in the meantime, you we're printing eight. To 9,000 shirts. 8,000 We're bringing shirts. in yeah. employees, in a sense. We're yeah. getting close. We have to deal with Space Cowboy talking all the time, which got him a spot on this show. Yes. But also, at the same time, small doses, great. Yeah. Heavy doses. You go crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Like, uh, if I had to go on a road trip with Space Cowboy, I would probably uh, rent a car after the first leg. I'd stop at the first Bucky's and be like, I got this. Yeah. And, and, and Uber the rest of the way because he's, he's great. He's just a lot. Um, so that was, you know, it was a vacation well deserved. We were very busy. Yes, it was. Um, now, I did do uh, a day at a Perfect Day at Coco Cay, which is the Royal Caribbean Island. So this is all stuff I've never done before in my life. How close was it to Epstein Island? Let's not forget he didn't kill himself. Yeah, I've, no, I wasn't able to ask 
to do an excursion to Epstein Island that wasn't on the itinerary at Royal Caribbean, you know, maybe next year. Um, but, you know, for someone who's worked in the music business and the wrestling industry, you know, I'm used to swimming with sharks. That's, you know, pretty oh, much what it is. Swimming with sharks, yeah. It's the age-old proverbial yeah. tale of when you get into the deep end of the ocean, there are vicious predators that will eat you alive. So you have to be on your toes, which you can't in the deep end because you're floating. Yeah. So you got to keep your head on a swivel or you got to be like Leonardo DiCaprio on the beach have that handy knife, yeah. you know, that shark comes, you slice it up, you bring it back to the beach, everyone celebrates you as a hero. Then you have a passionate lovemaking with the beautiful French brunette, but then Mama Shark comes back and kills somebody, and it's kind of on you. So swimming with sharks, yeah, I know all about it. So yeah, and I mean, it, uh, I think a lot of your tenure in TNA was swimming with sharks, and you know, once you got to the main roster at WWE, it was like a lot of the, your story of swimming with sharks. I'm used to swimming with sharks, but never in the literal sense. So I'm sitting with my beautiful girlfriend. We're finally relaxed. We're floating in the ocean. We're on these little floaties. And she's sitting there like, wow, the, the water is so clear. I can steal a little fish. So like, we're thinking nothing. We got a good buzz going on. And then she just looks up. She goes, oh, that's a fucking shark. And looks right to us. And like from, from, where I, from me to you, from me to Patch, there's a goddamn lemonhead shark. And she starts losing her shit. She's worried because she's worried that if she peed, she may have peed in the water or something, might attract him because her hormones and well, pheromones. We and know stuff. menstruation attracts yeah. bears, if you've yes. seen Anchorman, but I did not know pee attracts sharks. Go ahead. I'm and sorry. yeah, and that, well, this is also a, you know an amazing mind of my girlfriend, just you know kind of freaking out about it. I'm laughing. I realize it wasn't a threat because the lifeguard starts laughing at my girlfriend. Because so like you know legit sharks just like hey man. Hey, what's going on? Just swimming on by. Like, I think the shark, you know, might need a margarita to catch up with us. Uh, I didn't feel any threat by the shark, but at the same time, I didn't stick around to see what the fuck he had going on. I got out of the water and then watched the shark just kind of go back and forth. And like, there's children, there's kids everywhere, you know, um, sharks just back and forth. So that's the thing. It's just, I guess, there's spots in the Caribbean, there's non-aggressive sharks. I don't think you should walk up and, and really fuck with them. But you know, I uh, I hit a bucket list thing of swimming with sharks. Literally. You know, literally. That was literally what it So my homework was to relax. I kind of shit myself. I had to run right to the bathroom and shit myself didn't, so I could just pour more uh, grilled lobster down my throat at that point. Well, yeah, you gotta clear out the chamber if you're gonna go ham on it. Um, I'm very happy you had a great vacation. You came <laughs> back slightly refreshed and with way better ideas than usual. So, yeah. you know, things we can definitely apply. Yeah, Appreciate hopefully that. for Free the Narrative 3, some of what I created on that ship is going to see light of day, but it gave me you an opportunity. You manifested some, some dynamite ideas. And I turned my mind off. Like, I wouldn't touch the narrative or justify it in my brain, and then everything just slowly came to me, and it all just made well, sense. That is apparently the trick, is turning it off, and then it comes to you, and it manifests itself, and it, like, your energy attracts it, or you've put it out there already in the universe, and now it's coming back, so that's good. Homework accomplished, great job, real proud of you. I took two days off, I ate pancakes, who cares? What do we got, <laughs> what else do we got going on? Um, to set up this week's psychoanalysis, we're kind of flipping the table, we're literally gonna flip the table on psychoanalysis and someone's gonna psychoanalyze me. No, what's cool about this yeah. is, uh, this is an interview you had with uh, Dom Smith uh, from the YouTube Give Me a Whole Yeah. Give Me a Whole Yeah, and they're, Work with Soundscape magazine? It's Soundsphere, Soundsphere, Soundsphere excuse me. Uh, which is a digital magazine that focuses uh, its effort on Northern England. So this is with somebody 
um, in England. Dom did a uh, very wonderful live watch along for the narrative when we dropped it on Fight TV. Uh, I'm actually gonna put the link for that down in the in the gimmick. Don't forget. Um, but Dom did a really good job of like. He, went, he interviewed myself and Tommy Tanks, you know, the, the yeah. music behind. And it, was, it was an interview about the music behind the narrative. What really excited me about this is somebody contacted me to not have me on a shitty, dumb wrestling podcast, but somebody contacted me to get behind the scenes of the narrative and what's something that's very important to us about it is the original music that is created by Tommy Tanks and Jedediah here. So I was super pumped to... Like, someone's like, hey man, you know, it's so so magazine. I'm like, oh, yeah, boring, whatever. No, uh, yeah, 500 bucks to be in a Oh, wait, no, you <laughs> want to interview the narrator about the music and our producer? Hell yeah. So yeah. I was really happy to facilitate that and, and have and nothing to do with it. We've been, and we'll probably be able to get uh, Tommy Tanks here in the studio here. Um, there'll be a, he's going to be on tour with Static X uh, and Mushroom Head in uh, February and March. So we'll probably get him in the studio to do an actual like long form psychoanalysis. But this gave a good proper opportunity for you, the viewer, to not only uh, learn what my back history is with him, but with our passion and the creative uh, process that we put into every note that is written in, for the narrative. Um, and you know, we've we've already produced well over twenty songs for this universe, and that's something that like you know, um, there's no other company outside of the big two or three that is producing this much original content um, for wrestling right now. You'd think musically or musically. in general? Yeah, yeah, musically. And when they do, it's stationary dog shit. Let's be honest. Yes. Like our music rules. Our music's inspired. Our music comes from a place of passion. Our music comes from what our talent, what they talk to us and describe themselves to us and we psychoanalyze them and what do they like and what do they want it to sound like and then we throw it to Tommy and you facilitate it and you guys come back with this little fucking orchestral blend of like, there's some guitars here, we got some keyboards, maybe some drums, there's some percussion, you know, a fucking little triangle perhaps for an added flavor. Boom, you throw it in that blender, comes out and our music kicks ass. Yeah. My song rules, the narrative song rules, Adam's song Rules. Psycho Boy. Rules. Rules. Hero's Death. Jesus Christ. That's one of the coolest songs I've ever heard. If I didn't have to hear it 10,000 times when we were putting the narrative together, I would love it. I still love it, actually. (laughs) It's great. Bill Carr's song. Rules. Rules. I mean, what else would we like? Just cover, like, it's inspired. It's great. I'm happy. It got some recognition. So throw it to him. Yeah. So this is going to be the psychoanalysis of the narrator and the composer, Tommy Tanks, by. Give me a whole yeah. So guys, um, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. We're going to talk about Free the Narrative. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I am sat with Jedediah and Tommy. Um, obviously, for those people in the UK that haven't seen the narrative yet and don't know of your involvement, uh, can you introduce yourselves and tell me what part of the narrative you play? You want to go first, sure. Tom? Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Tom, Tommy Tanks. Tommy Tang Schaffner, depending on what room I'm in and what I'm in charge of. Uh, when it comes to the narrative, I do um, a lot of original scoring. Uh, and, you know, that's interesting to explain. Sometimes it's just the vibe in the room or, you know, like when you watch a movie and the orchestra is telling you how you feel. I do a bit of that or um, a lot of... Uh, you know, you need a song, you need a metal song, you need a, you know, something with a hip hop vibe. I 
If you if you hear it, I probably touched it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice one, man. That nice one. I think that you know it'd be nice before we open the questions up to both of you guys um, together. I think individually, it'd be nice to ask you what does the narrative mean to you? How how were you hooked in? Like like because obviously you come from different musical backgrounds, but this is a this is a project. This is like a movie. This is something else, right? So it's, what, it's what my life's you? work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, to introduce myself, I'm uh, JC Jedediah, the narrator. Um, so I am the co-creator of this uh, reality with EC3. Um, so uh, EC3 and I have, uh, he was my champion back in Cleveland and when I was running Cleveland Wrestling uh, and to which where I was with and many bands here with Tom. Uh, so when uh, EC3 was released last year and I kept on telling him he needed to control his narrative and not do all these podcasts. And that's what it was. I was like, let's do our own. And I kept on saying it, I kept on saying it. And he was already becoming the essential character and having that Tyler Durden feel um, where it just kind of like all of us, like we just started, just started making videos and vignettes and vignettes and Tom was coming in and just a lot of time it was just like, Hey, we need to like, cause we were all amateur learning how to do it. Hey, let's, let's work on our score here. Let's work on better mics. Let's look at work on better approaches. Uh, and that you know, two that 90 days before EC3 was uh, finally released and controlled his own narrative was like a lot of us learning how to do it. And out of nowhere, we were like, wow, we're, we're, we're producing short films. Mm. And, mm. and it took us a minute to kind of, you know, understand how it works in our world and how it's going to work in the wrestling uh, industry, which is really a tough place to break in with something new and original because everybody say they want that, but they really just want to regurgitate the same shit. Um, so that's where we came in and it was like, like we're learning and growing with the, at the world that we're changing at the same time. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, obviously we'll talk a little bit more about the concepts as well, but, uh, each of you individually, um, as well, if you can musical backgrounds, cause we've talked a little bit <laughs> off camera about where you come from and what you've done. How, how did that prepare you for this? How, how have those skills you learned, previously in your music tom and i have combined like 38 to 50 bands right okay and and we played in a lot of the same ones together so it's pretty dumb um (laughs) i uh so i went to sound engineering school right out of high school Uh, and mostly because i was in love with trent Reznor, and i wanted to be able to record myself (laughs) well this guy this guy does it like this i want to learn how to do it like this and as interested as I was in playing guitar and playing metal, I always uh, was in love with the uh, electronic aspect of everything too. I wanted to be able to work with hip hop artists and uh, introduce that into the music I made. I never wanted to get to a point of where I want something and I don't know how to do it myself. And maybe I should have uh, <laughs> sought help, <laughs> but I didn't. And here we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so I guess in terms of, you know, those those experiences and, and the pressures involved with being a musician, a touring musician and also producing soundtracks, whatever, did, did you know, those transferable skills, were there any pressures that you felt doing the narrative? Because, again, it's a, it's a production. It was a mm. it was a beautiful thing to behold, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. <laughs> an, an, an art project that kind of shakes all the molds off. And I guess, did you feel any pressure and how did... <laughs> and also how how did your experiences again touring because that's a pressure in its own how did that prepare you for this um well when it came to scoring mm. and it's funny because i just listened to uh uh danny elfman on a on mark maron's podcast 
Uh, I adore both of them. Yeah. And yes. uh, I've listened to it three or four times now. Uh, as it went for me, Danny was talking about Tim Burton approached him to do the score for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And he was like, uh, I'm flattered and thanks, Tim, but I don't know how to do that. And <laughs> Tim was like, sure you do. Yeah, it'll be fine. And Danny Elfman was like, all right, and went home and wrote a bunch of demos for Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and those demos are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I felt, too. It was like, <laughs> I think I, I can, I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and they're bringing up, you know, when we first started doing this, they're giving me examples of what they're looking for, and they're playing me Hans Zimmer and stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, the greatest score composer <laughs> ever in the history of ever. You want me to do that? Okay. Yeah. It was I'll it was that a lot of West. We were throwing a lot of Westworld at them too. Yeah, so, okay. that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> wow, guys, this is really good. I mean, it's really good, <laughs> but I'll do my best. And uh, the Westworld stuff was where I got the inspiration to do the first the EC3 thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Jebediah, you know, you're, you're, uh, did you ever feel any pressure working directly with EC3 as you do as well? Um, you know, again, to kind of, was it, was it a clear cut thing where you were able to just work together? It was organic or were there any kind of instructions that you had to follow? Well, uh, a lot of uh, like uh, EC3 and I have been creative partners for forever. So mm-hmm. there, there's a, a brotherhood in a way yeah. you can communicate and hold each other accountable and bring out the best of each other. Uh, without you know destroying someone's uh, you know uh, self-esteem, mm. and he we're really good at like because we are leaders now. We have a, a staff and a team where we discuss how we even lead each other. Uh, so he did put a lot of uh, of pressure, but it's a lot of that like we're searching for goosebumps, and you know what I mean. And mm. I it took within the last two years to realize that you know I was an extension of EC3 in everything I was doing creatively. I was an extension of Braun Strowman, whether he was with WB or not, he was here with us mm-hmm. and helping create a lot of stuff. And there was a lot of responsibility that we knew that 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 uh we were working with with lightning in a bottle with everybody. And that's the pressure. It's like, oh my gosh, someone's actually gonna watch this. Mm-hmm. Someone you don't know who. And and it's gonna be into the thousands. And to make sure that like are you happy with your art when you walk away with it, away from it. You know, and that's what a lot, a lot of Tom and I, you know, we, we we all put unnecessary deadlines on ourselves and we do that to, you know, make ourselves better. But uh, the last few weeks before the last before it was released, uh, I don't think Tom and I had like a we didn't sleep or anything. And it was a lot of us at three in the morning, like crawling around with full of bourbon, trying to make sure the mixes are OK. And, you know, and because I'm I'm editing and sending it and then EC3 and I are doing the narration. We're all doing it at once. We like, you know, we're still working on that schedule of how to once we I think can organize a schedule we can get these out every six to eight weeks no problem mm. but we're still figuring out what that is mm, absolutely it's the creative curse when you're up at 3 a.m yeah. and you're, yeah. uh, you're plugging away man absolutely yeah. it doesn't change does it um i mean that you know it moves on nicely to my next question in terms of the challenges um of pulling this together for each of you um you know because again lack of sleep is one for example mm-hmm. but also pressure that people are going to watch it you're obviously going to have, you've got names like cardoni you've got names like adam share braun Strowman. You, you like you said you know people are going to be watching this and to, to to do something that not only meets but exceeds expectations which i think mm-hmm. is what you know from a global scale what i can see yeah. you've done people you know yes. people giving you very positive feedback but what were the biggest challenges for you guys that took you out of your comfort zones you know what i mean <laughs> uh, 
I don't, well, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, I mean, we'd still stayed in our, like, this is still our style. Like the songs that were written for the first and second one, mm. it's still our comfort zones. I think taking it out of the comfort zone, uh, is, did I light it the right way? You know, um, you know, did I have the right cameraman in the right spot to cap- mm. capture everything? Cause we are doing this live, you know, mm. we're not yelling cut. And I mean, I do cut it a couple times, but when you got these performances in the moment and they're bleeding their emotions everywhere, you don't want to stop that. You don't want, you want them, you want to capture every bit of it and see what's there and post. Mm. Um, so I think uh, that was like, giving up a little bit control on the, on the director end was, was my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I'm I'm pretty used to uh, working in a room by myself. That's actually what I prefer. Mm. Um, and even like when writing for other bands where other other humans are actually involved, I tend to want to start in this dark room and, you know, sit in the dark and do whatever that's, it is I do and then present it. Um, so, and that's what I do for this, but it's a little complicated when I think about I'm when I'm writing, I'm usually writing from my perspective mm-hmm. and thinking about writing a song for these guys that is technically to define their entire being. Uh, that's fucking heavy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when I worked for I uh, did Adam's theme, I just thought of the way I thought about it, you know, everyone gives their notes in and I and I need that because well, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do otherwise. But I thought about if I were that dude and I were that size, well, how would I want it to sound every time I walked into a room full of people? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of pulled that out and took some direction from his notes and hope he likes it. And it turns out he loved it. Uh but that's a scary moment because I'm kind of, you know, pouring my heart out for this whole other entity that I've, I've never even met Adam. Yeah. Uh, and I have to tell his entire life story in three minutes. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I guess I did it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, and like it was, it was when we were writing Adam, the, the new, t- t- we were writing rise, the, the theme of the Titan, um, we were going through a lot of like, you know, we wanted to naturally be thrashy. We wanted to natu- naturally, you know, go on that vibe. And uh, Tom's produced a lot of stuff that we thought were in the vein of him um, that hopefully will end up on another album he's producing here. Uh, but it really took him going, uh, Adam just straight up, and this is clickbait as, as shit here, is him going like, just give me something that's in the, in the same world of Bray's theme. He wanted The Fiend. And that's all he needed to say with to Tom and I. Right. We knew like Tom had it back in 24 hours. Like, hey, this is my rough. But it was like, okay, cool. Can we go in that room? Can we go Wyatt family with this? Can we do all that kind of stuff? Uh, and and go heavier. And uh, one of our associate producers, he runs No Peace Underground in the Sound Bar. When I sent it to him, he goes, "I never." Jared goes, "I never thought uh, you can write a heavier song for a guy who already had a heavy theme song." Bronze bronze theme song was heavy as shit. I always wanted to do spin kicks when I hear that song. And and Tom Tom achieved that. Like it's it's you know, you could just see that him just towering over everybody as he walks to the ring on that song. Yeah, man. And uh I was glad he mentioned uh the fiend theme because I'm a a big Code Orange fan. Yeah. Uh, 
those kids are doing everything I ever wanted to do when I was 25 and they're 25 and doing it. They're our big Uh, inspiration. Them, them releasing underneath right as a pandemic, uh, such a motivator for Tom and I. Oh yeah. Beautiful record. Beautiful record. It it came out and it was like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant. (laughs) 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 Yeah. that. Uh, I wish I'd had some roadrunner money when I was 25. I might've did something like that. I tried, but they, they motivated us as like, they were controlling their narrative left and right. They would not Absolutely. let the pandemic or record label, anybody get in the way of their own, of, of getting their art out there. And that's why they're touring with Slipknot and Killswitch right now. Like mm-hmm. they earn, they're, they're, they, they're such a motivator. And it's really nice that like we played in bands that influenced their generation mm-hmm. and now they're coming back and influencing us to keep on going. And that's, that's what I, I get. That's what I love about them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. I mean, <clears throat> just want to check. Call me, call me <laughs> yeah, just want to you know, I uh, just want to check in a couple of things there, Tommy, because uh, there's a couple of things you said there about you know the suit, and I, I nearly interrupted you with excitement because when you were talking about being on your own in a dark room, I was like, that's Trent Reznor. You there you go. There's, your, there, there, there's the Reznor in you. And the second thing is, man, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I want Roadrunner money when I'm 25. There's people wishing that they were doing control and free the narrative. You know, and you've already. Oh, I'm, not, that. I'm not. I'm com- not. Believe me, I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you, you've done, done some amazing stuff, man. I was I was lucky enough to speak to Code Orange when they were coming up, and uh, just one of my favorite bands. So it's, it's lovely to have that inspiration there. I, I try not to do the clickbait thing because we focus more on music than we do wrestling traditionally. Uh, but is there anybody you want to knock on the door, and anybody you'd like to soundtrack in a dream scenario? Not yes. le- not leading people in any particular way, of course. <laughs> Everybody, call me. Everybody. <laughs> Uh, you know, I would love to try and be in a room with a Reznor and see if I don't get laughed out of it. Yeah. Uh, might, <laughs> but it, it would be the learning experience would be fantastic. Um, and I've, you know, touched on his material quite a bit in the last mm-hmm. thirty years. Um, we actually have a piece we have to sit on right now. Um, that I hope people hear someday soon because it came out great. Uh, I've spent an evening with Devin Townsend and it was like going to church. It was absolutely amazing. I wish I could work with him again. He's busy, dude. Uh, hard to get a hold of. Um, yeah, I really, I really, Tom Petty, mm. uh, rest in peace. I would love, I don't even need to work with him. I just want to sit in the room and watch him do what he does. Um, <laughs> uh, those are like my three major dudes that I just uh, strive to be like. Mm, mm, absolutely. Uh, Jedediah, anybody you want to see knock on the door of the narrative to come in wrestling or otherwise? Uh, it's it's rough for me because I'm I'm in the center of, of the, <laughs> cre- the, the creative process. You're asking the therapist who's been sitting on the couch. Yeah, there's been there's been a few that's been sitting on the couch that are really blow some 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 uh, some superstars have come in the room wanting their narrative controlled. Um, but we're try we at this point we don't have to rush anything. It's 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 literally like with the uh, with free the narrative two uh going out for free. Uh we're kind of really discussing our brand being more free, free live events, free narratives. Um, hopefully we can get somebody to help sponsor some of our message. Uh I think we have a message that can really change. I'm not really interested in changing the wrestling world because they don't want to get changed. I'm looking to help the people that need help that are mm-hmm. going to those shows. Mm-hmm. I think that the narrative. Uh, and what Adam and, and EC3 have given in their performances, there's going to be a lot more uh, people that come in there that need to, to destroy who they are inside. Um, and so if that's being said, um, Wyndham, we're waiting for you to knock. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it would be great to, to work with, with Wyndham. 
Um, he is just like Code Orange, where he's influenced us to create this cinematic uh, reality. Uh, I'd love to do that. Um, I've I've joked about uh, help working with Ric Flair, um, mm. just because I'd like to um, beat him down into not being uh, Ric Flair anymore. I want to mm. see what what kind of uh, man at that age still has to walk around pretending to be that person like what kind of mm. what kind of misery is rick flair hiding and i and, and i never it, i don't care about your 17 titles or any of that stuff i want to see what's really inside there and i think that that's where a lot of dark side of the ring was trying to expose that you know it's not canceling somebody it's hey man grow grow up and i'd love to give him that opportunity uh as far as any like it's hard to say who i want knocking on that door because we don't really exist as a wrestling company anymore mm. we, we mm. can really work with whoever we want because mm. uh, we're independent film company so it's really just like uh, I'm, I'm more interested to see who comes to us at this point because everybody i've tried to solicit they waste my time um yeah. we're you know i want the ones that want to be there um absolutely. to be honest yeah absolutely. absolutely and just picking up on something you said there I, I think you've said it in a couple of interviews you've done as well uh, the narrative seems like therapy for some people and you look at cardona yeah. and where cardona is now and where adam is oh, yeah to really come into their own what to what extent do you see the narrative because again cause again it seems like adam had tommy was talking about notes from adam adam had a lot of control about what about what he wanted uh and matt cardona as well to what extent is this therapy for someone to look at and go they are literally shedding their old skin mm -hmm. their sports entertainment skin mm -hmm. and you're not trying to be a wrestling company you're trying you are trying to um visually provide visual therapy for someone it's, it's yeah it's, it's a platform for mental health and yeah. we're starting to realize that and it was adam that really pointed it out to us like we were trying so hard with the cardona one i was trying so hard to make sure that the room was lit cool the lighting was going to make you question things and the, the dirt on the ground i was so focused on an artist where the the one with adam i stripped that all away uh we filmed it in a venue very similar to what tom and i used to play up in cleveland it felt like an old peabody's i felt like i was back in my roots and that scared the shit out of me so that is the challenge i had to go through is i had to create something new by going into something from my past mm -hmm. uh so would adam adam walked right in that room that day and busted tears and and made everybody feel comfortable for the day of when we when we filmed and i think it's that that wow look at this guy who's on top of the world who's the strongest man alive like if you look at him he's, he's you know he's blue trunk hulk hogan he said he hasn't found the yellow trunks yet we're gonna get him to the yellow trunks but he's still blue trunks he's he's big he's cool uh he's still trying to find out who he is and he made everybody in that room from the indie wrestlers that showed up to be projects to the guys that were competing in WWE with them to all the ring of honor guys that were there to, to, to help out. And, and Adam made everybody feel like he, he's so David Lee Roth. He's like David Lee Roth with tears. You know what yeah. I mean? That's really what it is. Like he shows up and, and he gave us that opportunity to really find out who we are and EC3 to finally show who he really is. Not even as the essential character, like he was able like that, the therapy he got out of that, because he did have to sit on the sidelines, being best friends with Adam and watch Adam get this push. And he's sitting there just taking the power bombs, mm -hmm. you know, and like there's those those things of watching uh, everybody. Everybody comes out of that situation a better person. And, you know, that's why everybody keeps on knocking on the door, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I'm so excited for the future of it. Uh, four or five more questions now. Before we talk a little bit more about music, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously the narrative is about change. It's about becoming who you want to be. And I don't think that should be skipped over for you guys either. You know, you guys have come from a musical background. You guys have come from a, from a, from a certain background. Do you feel like you have changed and developed? So rather, rather, it's probably a leading question. How do you feel like you've changed and developed 
through this project. And well, you'll see, a, you'll see a new Japan coming up. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we got a chance to produce the Buddy Matthew stuff for New Japan. And I think Amazing. that's a lot, of, a lot of Tom and I are going to be able to hopefully, and I mean, I'm just speaking for Tom and I, but I want video games. I want, I want corporate gigs. I want to bring, uh, like we talk about, we have a certain audacity to our, our art form. And we take that approach of, you know what, this is how we're going to fucking do it. And that's how we've always been. And that's how I think we're going to like continue to be the team that brings uh, the, the most and the biggest middle finger artistically to everything else. Like we're not, it's, yeah. it's finally working. <laughs> we finally are 40 years. have been like, you know what? I'm going to do it my way and fuck you. Yeah. And, and finally people are showing up and going, Hey, will you, will you do this your way? Yeah. Man. And Tom, can, can you explain yeah. the other project? We haven't gone into like everything Tom's doing, like, the band you play in, the band you're producing, ghostwriting for, like hit, hit the what world. What am with I that. doing? What am I doing right now? Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, we, we don't have anything till March, but I'm still the uh, live guitar player for Mushroom Head. Um, I and just like the other stuff I work on, when it's time to write, I uh, present them with stuff. Sometimes I use it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it gets changed, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I do that for Static X as well. Nice. Um, and I am uh, honored for them to even ask because, yeah. you know, a couple platinum selling <laughs> albums. They're like, hey, man, we got this thing. We threw some keyboards on it. I'm like, yeah. Um, it's really Not cool. To to work with you, burned that CD out, you burned that CD out in high school. Like, so. <laughs> I did. I, uh, Wisconsin Death Trip. It oh, never yeah. left my CD player. Yeah, Classic. It's probably still in there. In my 89 Chevy Astro van. <laughs> um, but it's, and it's kind of like when I do stuff with a narrative working with them, I it basically email based. Uh, they'll send me stuff. I do my thing to it and I send it back. Um, I know, I know I did something good because I don't hear from them. Uh, sometimes I get the emails are like, hey, can you change this, fix this, give this another shot. Um, and it took me a minute to realize that the silence is good because they're, doing something with it so shut up and wait <laughs> uh so i also do that uh for dope oh wow um, awesome man yeah yeah i should have a bunch of stuff on i hate to talk about things before they come out um because you never know yeah. uh but i wrote a bunch of stuff for the new dope album kind of uh similar i'd send him tunes he adapt it and send it back or again hey man we add all the ear candy to this tune Beautiful. uh and then the uh, the narrative is what really keeps me up nights because it's so, <laughs> it's always so different and and I appreciate that and just sometimes I have to wrap my head around what I'm doing. <laughs> the the uh, the the narrative is like your your slip or ghosts and and the rest of it's like your uh, downward spiral or your uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah excellent uh, reference yeah they, they, there you go man that's good. Um, I guess that was going to be my next question with both of you. Uh, you've talked about your musical past, Mushroom Head, et cetera, and your association with that band, but give me your top five. This is this is me doing music, music style interview. Top five uh, influences for both of you and why. Oh, shit. Uh, do you want to go first? Oh, gosh. Because, uh, like, my with me, it's like, like uh, as a vocalist, I have a different influence than, like, what they bring to me to the table, so it kind of blurs the sames. Um, but uh, Tom and I, I mean, I'm not gonna speak for Tom, but I know definitely Fear Factory, uh, oh, yeah. Faith and More, like I, the Faith and More Mr. Bungle thing, I definitely put together. 
to be honest, Integrity uh, is a band I got to play with once or twice. Uh, the art and uh, the approach to some of that early stuff and, and how Dwight has reimagined it and, and broken genres thereof. Uh, those, um, gosh, Pendulum is gigantic. Yeah. I think Pendulum is probably, probably my all-time biggest influence right now. Yeah. Uh, and then... I do a lot of gunship and I'm sent, I always kind of, I kind of give Tom like, Hey, if you can't, if you, cause I, I, nine inch nails obviously is, is our end all be all, but if you can't trent this out, I go, I send them gunship and I'm like, Hey, let's take this approach. You know what I mean? Uh, so those, those are, I guess, were my five. Nice one. Cool, man. Thank you. Tommy. Uh, I think I mentioned most of them already. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, nine inch nails. Um, Danny Elfman. Uh, ironically, Mushroom Head. Yeah, definitely. Uh, seeing them come up as a kid changed my life in Same. every way. In every way, we still can't break up with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a high school we girlfriend. We just we just keep <laughs> on going back to like right. Um, <laughs> and that was you know then that was a a really cool lesson in the business. And uh, I was on their crew from before I graduated high school for six seven years. Mm. Um, so that had that has deep roots. And then uh, you know four four years ago now they they asked me to join and. Um, man, what mind fuck that is, but it's cool. Uh, awesome. I guess I owe you one more. Judd said Fear Factory. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm missing someone major. Ministry. Oh my God. Ministry, yes. Yeah. yeah. I love me. I love me some ministry. You, uh, when, when, if you listen to Cardona's Ghostbuster theme, that was Tom literally going, I'm going to Fear Factory the fuck out of this. I turned, yes. I turned the Ghostbusters theme into a Fear Factory song. And that's, that's one of my, my highest achievements. Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to tough this up, but the riff just lended it to it in two seconds. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Nice one, man. Nice one. It's actually uh, bucket uh, ministry is my bucket list. I've actually worked with worked with Pendulum before. I've, I've yeah. worked with some of those other bands. Fear Factory is another one, and uh, Ministry and Al, uh, yeah. one of my bucket list ones. So fingers crossed for that. But, yeah, uh, me too. To, I would love to. I'd love to wrap with Al for uh, get a half hour with that guy. Love to love to, <laughs> love to chat to him, man. But yeah, uh, before we do the the press bit, the plug-in bit, where you could talk about all the projects and and yeah. this wonderful screen printing room that you're in there right now. Um, <laughs> I, one of the parts of my day job is I work with young people from uh, maybe disadvantaged backgrounds, maybe they've got some difference, uh, maybe they're struggling uh, with mental health, uh, and confidence particularly is one. But they're all usually interested in music, creative creativity. They've maybe got access to a studio. Uh, you know, it's like a, it, I work as part of a youth center, basically. Um, they, you know, it's about creating musical projects, producing music, things like that, teaching people that wouldn't otherwise have the access uh, to these projects, uh, to these opportunities uh, and how to use, you know, software, how to play drums, etc., things like that. Mm. Now, what they come to me with quite a lot is I want to be, like this guy. I want to be like a Tommy Schaefer from Mushroom Head. I want to be like a Jedediah Christopher producing movies, producing, you know, wrestling mm. movies and things like that. And they get bogged down with, with, with their idea of success. And, you know, usually it's competing with somebody else, you know, mm. like, Oh, I'm never going to get to this level. Now I wanted to ask you guys, um, 
what is your relationship with success and how has it changed? Uh, you know, what, 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 what kind of tips would you give to any young person who watches the narrative as a wrestling fan or a music fan and wants to, you know, wants to try and do something like that? You want to go first, Sam? Sure. Um, fuck success. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Make, make what you're going to make. Don't think about what's going to get you where you think you're trying to go. Just do what you love. And if you have to adjust that a little bit later to make the money people happy, sure. Just do what you're going to do. Because it, you know, humans are fucking stupid, but no, they're not. Humans are very right. And it's very obvious when you're faking it mm-hmm. to me anyway mm-hmm. we so, call that phoning it in in the business yeah just, <laughs> uh write what you're going to write do what you're going to do do what makes you happy and if success you know whatever you however you measure that money or fame or whatever comes with it great but if it doesn't just do what makes you happy Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay. Um, That's good. I, 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 I totally agree with Tom. I, uh, I have a rough time judging our own success and what is over and what is, you know, um, you know, you can look at a bank account, you can look at views, you can look at um, what's really touching me is the amount of people's life that we're changing. Uh, and that's how I'm judging my success is how I'm making a better platform and a better place for people to enjoy uh, not only wrestling, but learn about themselves through the product. Absolutely. And, uh, and taking my own advice is complicated at times because, you know, trying to balance this lifestyle and, you know, having a place to live and eating <laughs> are yeah. uh, different things, you know, uh, I am grateful for every opportunity I get, but I'm not, I'm not rich. I'm, you know, Same. still, you know, still have part-time jobs that I know how much money that's going to pay. Um, I love that job too. I, uh, I'm super into craft cocktails and, and food. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have friends that own an amazing bar in town that I can work at as much or as little as I want to. Awesome. Um, and I still do that two, three days a week just to make sure uh, I can buy more gear <laughs> to make more cool music. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they, there's the really good years and the tougher years, but, and 
we're all getting on in age and trying to measure, mm. trying to measure, am I happy? Is complicated a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I could just go to a job and and not worry about where the next checks come in or all of that. But I want to do that either. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to find consistency as an artist. But Tom and I always kind of set our goal is that we'll we'll relax when we don't have to have a part time job. You know what I mean? When our art can kind of kind of take up that spot and you know you know let us you know relax and focus on our on building a future for our families and that's that's kind of where we're both at and i'm definitely we talk about it a lot you know uh but i definitely feel that i i i don't i've when i was an indie promoter i felt like i was wasting my time when i was a music promoter i felt like i was wasting my time like what was the end goal Mm. uh when i was in local bands and trying to tour i felt so like i was wasting my time Mm. with the narrative i don't feel like i'm wasting my time i feel like every time i hit a goal there's something like, like what's next what's next what's next and and that's what you know put out in the universe i'm very lucky to have a, a printing business to help keep that dream alive because i can then focus on really making a difference in the world absolutely man honestly you're right like I know i'm just one guy but i think the evidence is is in the streams for the soundtrack and it's in the views on fight and stuff like it's the, the game is changing it's an interesting yeah. exciting project that you guys have put out and I, I know i wasn't a part of all the hours and all the sleepless nights mm-hmm. but i tell you what man the most fun i've had watching a wrestling show in a very long time the most i've been engaged from a from an emotional standpoint because it was it felt like there was real change happening to adam and i know that's part yeah. of the, that's part of the you know that's part of the the the, 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 the film the product but you you feel entertained but you I mean also- I didn't know he was going to go that way I yeah. I mean I'm in the ring with the camera and I'm I'm producing all this with him I had no idea it was going to go to where it went and that was all authentic mm-hmm. uh and real and you can just tell he needed to get that out so bad like he needed um now yeah. let me ask let me ask you real quick now with we've talked a lot about Trent Reznor it's obvious where our influence on the theme song was in the intro uh at what point were you hooked? Was it the moment the song kicked in? Cause it like, you're such a music fan and there's so much of our product is so music based and it's yeah. meant to, to draw you in and help with those emotions and, was, and take it, you places. It was the atmosphere, man. The narration was great too. I, you know, like, like I said, I really enjoyed the narration, but like it was just the way that it complemented the, you know what I mean? It didn't get in the way, but there was just so much, there was like, I'm trying to, I would compare it to a ghost that, and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to say like it was a rip up or anything like that, but like just the, 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 the highs and the lows, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was so much that di- there was a lot of dynamic to it. And I think that I was listening to it thinking like, this is, this isn't like, you know, with a lot of wrestling shows, I think you said like uh, in an interview previously, you put people rely on kind of new metal and that kind of old, you know, yeah. sort of metal vibe. But this was like, this was atmospheric. This was like, um, it was nine inch nails, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, like, from the beginning, yes. But it was, I, I'm trying to think the Quake soundtrack, right? Like Quake, yeah. that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that wasn't like pounding industrial metal. That was atmospheric. That was yeah. boom, big drums, big guitars, big moments, and then atmosphere. And then you don't know quite when it's going to pick, you know, you don't know when it's going to hit you again, but it's like. And, it's, and that's the beauty, like, uh, like, for example, Pero is Death. When yeah. Pero kicks in, yeah. we you you know you're in for a good time, and that was I mean that's that's pure and that's you know Tom's like industrial dubstep song, but like it was I I love editing those matches because I get to jam out to that song for two yeah. days. You know what I mean? Like that song's a 
might be one of our best. <laughs> like, you know, I, and if ironic about that piece is it happened in like four hours total. Like, oh yeah, from first riff to mix, I did that in one day, <laughs> and I sent it off, and I was like, I don't even know what I don't know what just happened, but. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. I hope you guys better like it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, like, so it's a good, it's good. It gets me, get me pumped. It got a lot of other people pumped. There's very few records that I can listen to that, you know, the, from the instrumental side of things, because I get sent so much music all the time, you know, but that, that was like, there was one other uh, record by a band called the Haxton Cloak or an act is not a band, but it's called the Haxton Cloak. He's done some really cool production. I think you guys uh, might dig it. Um, I think he's a, he's a British artist. Uh, it's H A X A N cloak, but it's really atmospheric, almost horror uh, themed. But like, I've seen the name. I've seen that yeah, popping things. Yes. But like that type of vibe, where I put it in my headphones and I'm typing away, or I've got a job to do, and I'm like, you know what I mean? You can. It's not just. It's not just like a mosh thing where you would listen to, you know, a band. You like, like just headbanging. You're like. You, you, you're motivated by it. You feel it. And, you you know, I'm not trying to pretend I felt what Adam felt in the ring or I felt like, yeah. you know, what, what Perro felt or anybody, you know, other examples there, but but you feel it. And then that's good. That's that's good, impactful music. You might not have billions of streams, but like it's doing pretty fucking well, which is awesome. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> but also but also it's impactful. And I think it's it's a I look at the narrative and I see a movie, I see a movie, but not in the same way a WWE creates a movie and we, we make movies, you know, sports yeah. entertainment. This is like movies for people that really give a fuck about art, but yeah. not in a pretentious way. Like, like these are real people working really fucking hard to pull something together to entertain people. And yes, there's names associated with it, but like, honestly, like, it just feels like a fucking great art project that you guys have had a lot of fun doing and you've put your heart and souls into. And that's what I got when I was watching it, mm -hmm. you know? Well, wrestling is poetry to us. Yeah. That, 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 that's, yeah. that's a summary of what I should have just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as a, as a lifelong wrestling fan, I, I feel like this is the wrestling show I would want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. absolutely. You know, years of the, uh, WWE mold. I, I, clearly it works. Clearly it works. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. What, was there 50 years of it working very well? Um, but as I get older, I, you know, I still love the art of wrestling, but that type of show doesn't really appeal to me anymore. Mm -hmm. And That's seeing it done this way, it's like, man, I, I know how old I am and I know what wrestling was like when I was growing up. I know yeah. there's got to be a lot more of us out there that want yeah. to see it like this. Yeah, I think it's relatable to hardcore fans, fans of ECW, the DR, yeah. you know, independent, sure. independent wrestling promotions. It's relatable to that, you know. But it, but it's there's a sea change coming because if you've got names, if you've got guys like yourselves behind the scenes who've got musical pedigree, but you've got guys in front of the camera like Adam, like EC3, like Matt Cardona, you know, it's going to go from strength to strength. And, and I'm and I'm so excited, guys. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you uh, to to talk to you, but also to to continue on watching the narrative, supporting it. Uh, two more questions. And then we'll finish up. Uh, thank you so so much for spending uh, all the time with me. Um, the, we'll do the press and media bit, and then we'll do a message for fans in the UK and and people that you know that you want to check the narrative out. But yeah, the press bit, uh, the plugging bit, 
what have you got to promote? Obviously, we've, we've heard about some of Tommy's musical projects uh, that you could tell us. But yeah, anything else you've got to plug? Anything you want to plug? You're in the screen printing shop right there working on stuff. Uh, what have you got to uh, promote? So uh, EC3 and I uh, and Adam have a print shop called Justified Prints. Uh, we digitally print just like Pro Wrestling and Tees does, but we also screen print. Uh, we, uh, handle clothing lines and a lot of fitness, uh, companies. Uh, so we, we print for Adam's meat castle, all the EC3, all the narrative stuff you see, um, all, Marina Shafir, um, we, we produced her for the narrative and she gets her shirts printed here too. Uh, we're, we got that going on, uh, in reality, pay attention to a lot of what Tom and I are being tagged in. Cause you know, like I said, we did just some work with new Japan, uh, with buddy, buddy Matthews. Uh, what else is there? Uh, Tom, is there any, uh, wait, I'm, I'm going to laugh when I say this. Is there anything going on with Mushroom Man anytime soon? Maybe, <laughs> uh, we, maybe. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, you know, the industry is so rocky right now. We don't know what we can get away with. Uh, but as it stands right now, uh, Mushroom Man is slated to open for, uh, Static X and Fear Factory this coming March, which nice. is just a powerhouse lineup. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Tommy takes I would just go to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to be there. Uh, really excited about that. Um, uh, as it stands now, there are uh, European dates for July of 2022. Yeah. Again, as it stands now, things it's yeah. been weird. Yeah. Things keep changing, but yeah. um, those are slated to happen currently. Really looking forward to that. Um, that's uh, I know both Static and Dope have new albums due 2022 as well. Um, if I know the business, I imagine static would have an album out before that tour happens, but I don't know. Uh, I'm stoked to hear it because like I said, I turn in stuff and I don't hear it again. And then <laughs> it comes out and I go, Oh shit, listen to that. That's awesome. Uh, That's, That's awesome. If you happen to find yourself in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, stop by LBM. It's a, uh, metal themed. We've been changing our concept every three months to try and get our, our, uh, our clientele too excited and coming back due to, you know, COVID issues and we can only seat so many people. So we got to keep our fans happy. Uh, so we completely changed the uh, cocktail and food menu every three months, like change it hard. We're doing a Japanese theme right now. And I think it might be one of our best ones yet. Cool. Uh, and if you're trying to see me um, a couple of days during the week where that's where I'll be. Awesome. Yeah. If you need, you need any uh, metal therapy, he's there for you. <laughs> absolutely you want to drink fancy cocktails and listen to fear factory absolutely stop, stop by so, so, <laughs> sounds like a dream very occasionally i get to do jobs in america so uh so I'll, i'd love to come visit man at some point that'd be really cool yeah, yeah definitely man definitely do. awesome okay uh well yeah so a uh, final message then for people that haven't checked out the narrative uh people in the uk uh obviously you uh, we can watch it on fight when it comes on and obviously you can watch the replays right now what is your message for fans in the uk uh, and, all, and also people that haven't checked it out yet it's actually gonna be free by the time this airs we nice. it, yeah it goes free tomorrow on youtube nice. so our we're where we realize that uh, wrestling fans uh, get 20 hours of free entertainment every week that all they do is sit around and argue about which one is better at doing the exact same fucking thing. Uh, they weren't really like, you know what I mean? It was, we weren't really getting the, the uh, everybody is cheap. They're just, they're fickle. They want it. They, you know, and like we put so much into this, we released the first one about five days ago and it's at 7,000 or so views. Uh, so 7,000 more that didn't see it this year. That's the Cardona one. So we're going to put this out for free. Uh, uh, Adam's got a big 
uh, interview with Busted Open Radio where he's going to kind of launch it. Uh, Adam's going to continue to uh, bet on himself rather than show up at another company, from what I understand. And I hope that that message is a reason why anybody who hasn't seen it to go watch it. And if you like it, if you like if you like three minutes of it or if you like all 90 minutes of it, send it to every friend, you know, that likes either that music, mental health, fight club, wrestling, it's all in there. Like literally David Fincher and Trent Reznor put on a wrestling company. That's what happened. You know what I mean? Um, like that's, that's, that's what we want to be. And that's what we want to achieve. So, you know, if you like it, send it to everybody, you know, send it to your aunt, send it to your uncle, send it to your ex-girlfriend and, you know, say, Hey, EC3. Yes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> be like, Hey, take a look at EC3's abs. You know what I mean? Here it is. Like, uh, I watched, I, you know, I just, been like four days a week at the gym and then i have to uh edit these guys in slow motion like i need to go to the gym more <laughs> oh, man, i think i think you're doing just fine man like i say your soundtrack work and your production work man like i say it's fantastic uh brilliant and honestly well done guys thank you thank uh, you so much uh, thank you so much for the exposure to the narrative as well just in a little bit more of an understanding and hopefully we can uh we can uh, work together to take it out to more people. So uh, thank you so much for your time, Jedi. Thank you so much for your time, Tommy. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. And appreciate thank you for you. this, Sue. So there you have it. Um, what was really awesome about that, that interview of the psychoanalysis is that um, we really got to get into the nitty gritty of what went into uh, Tom creating for Adam's song, which is, he says in, straight up in there that he's never met or talked to Adam uh, it was always me or uh, EC3 talking in between them. Um, and it was really, we've, we've, Tom's probably written, shit, at least four or five songs for Adam in the last couple of years. And, and only one of them, I mean, you know, this is a little trivia for everybody, but Psycho Boy mm. was originally written for Adam. And uh, it, was, it was an extension of the Braun Strowman theme song and like trying to take that theme song and turn it into, you know, a Metalocalypse, hate breed type Slipknot thing. Um, and we were able to, in the process, just learn a lot about, you know, Adam and what we can do. And Adam's theme song was originally pretty fast and thrashy, and he's the one that actually had us slow it down. And we say in the interview, as soon as he told us he wanted something like The Fiend and what Code Orange did for, for Bray Wyatt, we were like, we got that. <laughs> and so there's some Silent Hill tie-in, too. Silent Hill, yeah, Silent Hill, yeah, because Adam was, like, sending us pictures of, of one of the bad guys from Silent Hill and that, that horn... Um, you know, it's like I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Titan Adam Shearer in front of a large crowd because he already towers over everybody. And that theme song is going to be great. Don't you have one coming up with him at Blizzard Brawl? Yes, we do. Yeah. I believe that is in uh, Wisconsin. Dave here producing, promoting Blizzard Brawl. Yeah. Uh, where myself and Adam Shearer will be taking on some guys. I think Jake Something is on that show yeah. against me. And, uh, Hakeem, who I like in Impact, he's a clever little feller. So yeah, it's actually Adam's first uh, match in front of a live crowd. Yeah, and it's in his backyard, so he like really wanted to do something in Wisconsin before the year ended. So it came up pretty cool, and I don't think he's going to do a ton of these. I don't do a ton of these either. Yeah, but uh, these shows are always great. I think it's nearly sold out, like twenty-five to three thousand people. Is, and this is a room that Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant wrestled in, as Adam was saying. Like this. Oh, I don't pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool too. <laughs> Adam, yeah, Adam was really excited to. Uh, right, maybe I'll give him another slam to perform in a, in a room that Hogan and Andre um, definitely sold out back in the day. Um, real quick, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, 
your weekend last weekend, you, you wrestled a yes. memorial show for our tournament for Tracy Smothers, right? I did. Uh, like I said, I don't do a ton of these outside appearances, but uh, when Tracy passed, a uh, local promoter wanted to put on a memorial show for him, contacted me. I'm like, you know, Tracy was a huge inspiration. He was a huge part of my uh, initial start in wrestling, bringing me up, putting me in the position to succeed, just teaching me so much basically on the fly, and then from that point forward being just a guy that you can have a conversation with about anything, like a living legend. Yeah. Like, very few people have anything He's the bad original good brother. He's certainly the original good brother, and just yeah. total, like, smile on your face every time you talk to him. So Tracy was very important to both of us, yeah. really. So the memorial show did take place. Nice little John, middle of nowhere, Tennessee. I think it was sort of snake bit by other outside means. So the Tracy Smothers Invitational became the wild, but like there was name issues and yeah. whatever. But all I do know is that the people that came in to support Tracy and his cause and the people that came in uh, to participate with the show that knew Tracy all wanted to do him justice. And I think they accomplished that good. So it's nice. Yeah. And I would like, uh, We've like Tracy has touched both of our lives, definitely. I, I was lucky that when I started Firestone Pro, uh, Tracy wrestled a lot for me. And boy, especially if I put him in a crowd full of juggalos, he knew how to get the best heat in town. Like he was, you know, everybody dies. My one of my favorite quick Tracy Smother stories I, uh, I got to referee for Juggalo Championship Wrestling, big, you know, this is a big life achievement in my 20s. Um, and uh, I was booked at a faux hawk. And they called me the emo. You know, yeah, it was sometime. a long, long afternoon of creative for that. Um, and I was lucky that Tracy. How many laced fagos did it take to come up with the emo? Yeah, no, I, I walked in and I said, "Hi, I'm JC," and finally Jay's like, "No, you the emo," right. and um, that's how it went. Uh, and I'm in a, I'm in a match with Tracy, and like I'm going over it, and Tracy's like, "I'm just gonna call it out there. Just listen to my lead." But you know what, Tracy's lead inside of a wrestling ring is, "Hey, Jed. Hey, Jed." My, my shoot name is Jedediah, so he's just like, hey, Jed, hey, Jed. So the whole match is him just, hey, Jed, hey, Jed. And I'm literally like a ping pong ball. Like, you know, it was like a, like a pool, pool cue, just going back and forth. And it was such a fun experience, um, the, especially when I'm standing and about to do, go down and do the one, two, three, and then a whole pint of beer hits me in the head. Perfect. Because um, they're the nicest fans, those jugglos. They're, they're, just, they're kind uh, souls. Kind, yeah, kind souls, you know what I mean? They have good hearts. Yeah, I mean, they're I would. Respectful. Yeah. <laughs> they're, Upstanding they're, they're members clean. of clean. Their hygiene is phenomal. You know, just, I think they just eat, they eat well. They really put your body to shame as far as what you know they what? portray they're, in the They're world. an aesthetic goal I hope to someday achieve. Yeah. It's almost like they created their own fitness app. Join.freeec3.com. Use promo code control your narrative weekly. I'm sorry, CYN weekly to get 50% off. But yeah, great guys. Great yeah, folks. Let's let's fantasy book a juggalo <laughs> fitness app. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be a Do Diet Fago? You have to switch to Diet Fago. Does Diet Fago exist? Yes, I've, Does I've Diet done ICP Fago shows with Diet Fago. Within, besides the cola flavor, though, is there like grape Diet Fago? Is oh, there gosh. grape orange Diet Fago? I would hope so. I only witnessed the Diet Cola because I was at an ICP concert and, as a teenager, and it was everywhere, and it was different type of sticky that oh. <laughs> artificial sweetener is. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, what was lower grade than aspartame that they could probably put in there that's allegedly yeah. sugar-free, I wonder? I don't know. I'm sure it's in the bloodstream up in Detroit, because that's where they make Fago. And Juggalos, whoop, whoop. 
Um, <laughs> but no, a fitness app would be, um, I don't know, walking to the top of your stairs. I, I can't think of getting off the couch would be a big part of it. They were tag team champions, weren't they? Dude, ICP had such a great run in the, the Attitude Era because they were that bouncing wasn't. on both shows, you know, because they were in the first hour of Nitro a lot of the time. Uh, and then they, they're the Oddities, which was a great theme song um, with John Tenta under a, a, a gimmick mask, you know, a gimp mask. <laughs> Earthquake the gimp. I don't want to book a fantasy. <laughs> you don't want to book a fantasy, <laughs> juggle a fantasy. All right, on to Black Friday. All right, so we got Black Friday coming out. Um, myself, I sat down with uh, Adam Shear and EC3 here, and we did some autographed That's right. 8x10, nice high-gloss uh, posters, uh, 8x10s of Free the Narrative, the Monster Within Us All, signed in gold by Adam Shear, the Titan, and EC3. Um, so if you go to freethenarrative.com, there's going to be a Black Friday option. Um, if you buy a Control Your Narrative basic tee, if you buy a three-brand basic tee or a Rise, you get assigned 8x10. And how much is that? $30. $30 to have this collector's that's, item with a t-shirt. Good. That's good. That's good price. Pretty, pretty decent Black Friday sale. Yeah. We also um, launched a Pro Wrestling tee store, which is 20% off right now. Um, oh, we did? Yes, we did. Yeah. I forgot the reply to the email. Yeah. You got to well, hit, gotta... hit up little Ryan there at Pro Wrestling Tees. We're interested in uniting the industry of uh, wrestling and t-shirts and printing. And we also realized that they have a phenomenal um, uh, foundation that they've uh, yeah. built over the last eight years. They're um, killing it. They're killing it. And we're very, very fortunate. We'll take those scraps. That they'll put our bullshit out there for uh, more of the wrestling fans, because we're still building our, uh, we haven't built our store yet, more or less our mall, and they already got a gigantic mall set up with the Dicks at one end, yeah. uh, Dillard's. And the know. Sears, but it's like clothes, and they got, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Remember Higby's? Higby's, yeah. Wasn't that Dillard's? Bad, big throw, throwback. What else closed? JCPenney, is that still open? I think JCPenney's still open. I've, there's a JCPenney in Claremont. Great. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I haven't been inside of a mall since I had to go to the Apple Store. But besides that, I went directly to the Apple Store. I didn't stop in a department store. I did not uh, partake in American uh, Eagle or Did you as a teenager Aeropostle? just, just uh, speed walk around the mall trying to meet Oftentimes, people? Oftentimes. I met many like, yeah. of my first dates were mall yeah. by the uh, food court yeah. pickups. Uh, I remember AOLIM and, uh, hey, you want to meet at the Great Lakes Mall? Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I did. And it was fucking awkward. Awkward as hell. So weird. Hey, here's the thing. Homework. Homework. Because it just reminded me of this. Um, what I notice about the males that would seek female companionship is that they don't. They are scared to talk to them. And what I'm realizing at this point is that all you have to do to court somebody that you're interested in is talk to them. Mm. You can't uh, hope for them to talk to you or wait online or slide, like DM slides and likes. Like none of this is gonna work. The boldest thing, and I think the opposite sex, or if it's the same sex, that's fine. The person being courted 
Wants is somebody to just directly talk to them. So if there is somebody who is interesting you, if there's somebody you have a crush on, if there's somebody you'd like to know a little bit more about, respectfully just go up to them and talk to them and report back to me how well that went. Because nobody's doing it. Everybody's doing this. Yeah. All you have to do, hi, how are you? Guarantee, you're in. Because nobody's doing it. Yeah. If everybody's doing one thing, which is being socially awkward and ingrained into uh, their new metaverse that we're falling into, let them, because you will stand out and stand alone with the love of your life, hopefully, by talking to them. So try that. It's it's the same thing as going, I always call first dates an interview process, you know, and it's literally like, um, you know, tell me about your, tell me about the worst experience in something. And it's, it's, it's kind of giving a little piece of yourself but also at the same time then saying something great about yourself. You're just trying to establish connection with people. Yeah, but then leave them wanting more. Yes, then leave them don't wanting more. more. Don't hit your finish yet. Kid. And don't talk about Dune until like the sixth date. Like don't like when, like let her back, come back to the house and don't let her know how much you like Dune. Like that's a big thing right now. It's these dudes are just messing it all up by just being like, hey babe, Dune. No, wait on the Dune, huh. trust me. People are using Dune to try to get laid? No, I just think it's whatever all men are talking about right now is, dude, dude. It was really good. Dude, dude. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's the same thing of uh, when the new Marvel, like when Avengers was coming out and stuff like that. Just, dude, have you Iron Man? Like, you just got to chill on that. You know what I mean? Not every girl is, a lot of girls are closet nerds. I would never open with Dune. Nor would I open with Marvel. Nor would I open with any fictional tale with... Uh, portrays, you know. You want to sit down with a, a, a lovely, petite brunette and just be like, fuck that ending of Game of Thrones as your opener? That kills. That kills. Because everyone hated that. Everybody hated that, yeah. Um, so your homework this week is to... Talk to somebody you're interested in. Engage, yeah, and it could just be a friendship, too. It doesn't have to be... Oh, like, yeah, for know. sure. We're not, you know... I, I hate being careful. Right, yes, this, a friendship. Right, Don't this. be a creep, is what I'm trying to say. Without giving you specific details on how to be a creep, which would therefore be taken out of context and having me canceled again. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the future of the narrative before we end this episode. Because this episode's been a really good upper mid-card episode, you know what I mean? We weren't, we're like realizing that everything can't be home runs all the time. And even if we hit home runs, nobody's fucking watching. The thing (laughs) is, too, you would just have to keep establishing it and keep putting it out there. And that's like, you would just expect giant numbers. I'm just like, no way cares until you you build you got to build a foundation well yeah all right what do you want to talk about the future of Uh, the yeah i got hopefully oh well yeah first off because we're doing youtube memberships for a week i can't communicate with you i can't keep track of the projects and your numbers and like i get a dm here maybe an email here and i i just i need a forum that consists where i can directly talk to you so that's why we canceled them and when we launched the new avenue whether it be a Patreon or something else, you'll you'll get in. You have already paid your dues. YouTube to us. membership was very difficult to communicate with I, the project, and we can't even tell you that we had to. You just got an email. Like I can't yeah. email you and say, "Hey, real fast, we're gonna launch something new, better, so I can talk to you." But I don't even know how to do that. So we're gonna move on from that and find a better way. Because what I'm noticing with all of you, and thank you. You want to help, you want to assist, you want to learn more, you want to join mm-hmm. this great movie. It's very cool, and I was like, whoa, this is kind of shocking. So the best way I can communicate with you is not through that, and we're figuring that out, so please be patient. 
And do you want to give also too, like when we say people are projects, there are projects that are on his fitness app. If he's working yeah. with you, you're a project, whether you are a wrestler, yes. uh, a fitness, uh, want, you know, fitness you want person, change, yeah, you want to change your narr- control your narrative. Control also, your if you're going to be on any of our subscription-based paywall, uh, where we actually are interacting with you in the day-to-day, almost as if you are a project that could one day be a co-producer. Yeah. You're, if we're working with you, you're all projects. Imagine a world where you have a problem and, you know, like... EC3 said the homework was to talk to this girl, and I did, and now we're going on a date. What should I do? Imagine a forum where it's like, what should I take on a first date? And I'm there, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, not Applebee's. Yeah. But then I'll give you a, like, hey, this is what I think, and, you know, there you're controlling your narrative. But remember, it's your narrative, not mine. So I'm just going to give you advice. Yeah. Don't follow it. Use it as a guideline, not a yeah. rule. And, like, don't take her to Applebee's when you have the opportunity to go to Outback, because there's a blooming onion. <laughs> Especially if you want your first kiss, you it, know, you can just get a, get a blooming onion in there and just... Just go anywhere but Applebee's. Yeah. Which reminds me, next week's uh, unpaid advertisement is Chili's. Chili's, yeah. Fuck Applebee's. All right, see you next week.